Hello and welcome to this Friday, August 23rd, 2019 episode of Law of Success Mastermind. Today's episode is about Think and Grow Rich, the subconscious mind, and the and after a le, the less and after the lesson visit with the author on indecision from the law of success. We're going to start with that, and then we'll go to Think and Grow Rich. Appreciate you being here with me tonight. Here we go. Time. It's a. There's a. Skeleton time playing chess with a guy. Procrastination robs you of opportunity. It is a significant fact that no great leader has ever known to procrastinate. It is a significant fact that no great leader was ever known to procrastinate. You are fortunate if ambition drives you into action, never permitting you to falter or turn back once you have rendered a decision to go forward. Second by second, as the clock ticks off the distance, time is running a race with you. Delay means defeat, because no man may ever make up a second of lost time. Time is a master worker, which heals the wounds of failure and disappointment, and rights all wrongs, and turns all mistakes into capital. But it favors only those who kill off procrastination and remain in action when decisions are to be made. Life is a great checkerboard. The player opposite you is time. If you hesitate, you will be wiped off the board. If you keep moving, you may win. The only real capital is time, but it is capital only when used. You may be shocked if you keep accurate account of the time you waste in a single day. Take a look at the picture on the previous page if you wish to know the fate of all who play carelessly with time. The picture on the previous page tells a story of one of the chief causes of failure. One of the players is time, and the other is Mr. Average Man. Let us call him you. Move by move, time has wiped off Mr. Average Man's men until he is finally cornered, where time will get him, no matter which way he moves. Indecision has driven him into the corner. Ask any well-informed salesman, and he will tell you that the indecision is in it, that indecision isn't the outstanding weakness of the majority of people. Every salesman is familiar with that time-worn alibi. I will think it over. Which is the last trench line of defense of those who have not the courage to say either yes or no? Like the player in the picture on the previous page, they cannot decide which way to move. Meanwhile, time forces them into a corner where they can't move. The great leaders of the world were men and women of quick decision. General Grant had but little to commend him as an able general, except the quality of firm decision. But this was sufficient to offset all of his weaknesses. 
The whole story of his military success may be gathered from his reply to his critics when he said, we will fight it all out along these lines if it takes all summer. When Napoleon reached a decision to move his armies in a given direction, he permitted nothing to cause him to change that decision. If his line of march brought his soldiers to a ditch, dug by his opponents to stop him, he would give the order to charge the ditch until it had been filled with dead men and horses sufficient to bridge it. The suspense of indecision drives millions of people to failure. A condemned man once said that the thought of his approaching execution was not so terrifying. Once he had reached the decision in his own mind to accept the inevitable. Lack of decision is the chief stumbling block of all revival meeting workers. Their entire work is to get men and women to reach a decision in their own minds to accept a given religious tenet. Billy Sunday once said, indecision is the devil's favorite tool. Andrew Carnegie visualized a great steel industry, but that industry would not be what it is today had he not reached a decision in his own mind to transfer that vision into reality. James J. Hill saw in his mind's eye a great transcontinental railway system, but that railway never would have become a reality had he not reached a decision to start the project. Imagination alone is not enough to ensure success. Millions of people have imagination and build plans that would easily bring them both fame and fortune, but those plans never reach the decision stage. Samuel Insull was an ordinary stenographer in the employ of Thomas A. Edison. Through the aid of his imagination, he saw the great commercial possibilities of electricity. But he did more than see the possibilities. He reached a decision to transform the mere possibilities into realities, and today he is a multimillionaire electric light plant operator. Demosthenes was a poor Greek lad who had a strong desire to be a great public speaker. Nothing unusual about that. Others have desired this and, with, and similar ability without living to see their desires realized. But Demosthenes added decision to desire, and despite the fact that he was a stammerer, he mastered this handicap and made himself one of the great orators of the world. Martin W. Littleton was a poor lad who never saw the inside of a schoolhouse until he was past 12 years old of age. His father took him to a great lawyer took him to hear a great lawyer defend a murderer in one of the southern cities. The speech made such a pro profound impression on the lad's mind that he grabbed his father by the hand and said, "Father, one of these days I am going to become the ablest lawyer in America." That was a definite decision. Today, Martin W. Littleton accepts no fee under $50,000, and it is said that he is kept busy all the time. He became an abled lawyer because he reached a decision to do so. Edwin C. Barnes reached a decision in his own mind to become the partner of Thomas A. Edison, handicapped by lack of schooling, without money to pay his railroad fee, and with no influential friends to introduce him to Mr. Edison. Young Barnes made his way to East Orange on a freight car and so thoroughly sold himself to Mr. Edison that he got his opportunity which led to a partnership. 
Today, just 20 years since that decision was reached, Mr. Barnes lives at Bradenton, Florida, retired with all the money he needs. Men of decision usually get all that they go after. Well within the memory of this writer, a little group of men met at Westerville, Ohio, and organized what they called the Anti-Saloon League. Saloon men treated them as a joke. People generally made fun of them, but they had reached a decision. That decision was so pronounced that it finally drove the powerful saloon men into the corner. William Wrigley Jr. reached a decision to devote his entire business career to the manufacture and sale of a five-cent package of chewing gum. He has made that decision bring him financial returns running into millions of dollars a year. Henry Ford reached a decision to manufacture and sell popular priced automobile, a popular-priced automobile that would be within the means of all who wished to own it. That decision has made Ford the most powerful man on earth and brought travel opportunity to millions of people. All these men had two outstanding qualities, a definite purpose and a firm decision to transform that purpose into reality. The man of decision gets that which he goes after, no matter how long it takes or how difficult the task. An able salesman wanted to meet a Cleveland banker. The banker would not see him. One morning, the salesman waited near the banker's house until he saw him get into his automobile and start downtown. Watching his opportunity, the salesman drove his own automobile into the banker's, causing slight damage to the automobile. Alighting from his own car, he handed the banker his card, expressed regret on account of the damage done, but promised the banker a new car exactly like the one he had been, that had been damaged. That afternoon, a new car was delivered to the banker, and out of the transaction grew a friendship that terminated. Finally, in a business partnership which still exists, the man of decision cannot be stopped. The man of indecision cannot be started. Take your own choice. Behind him lay the gray Azores, behind the gates of Hercules, before him not the ghost of shores, before him only shoreless seas. The good mate said, now must we pray, for lo, the very stars are gone. Brave Admiral, speak, what shall I say? Why say, sail on and on. When Columbus began his famous voyage, he made one of the most far-reaching decisions in the history of mankind. Had he not remained firm on that decision, the freedom of America as we know it today would never have been known. Take notice of those about you and observe the significant, this significant fact, that the successful men and women are those who reach decisions quickly and then stand firmly by those decisions after they are made. If you are one of those who make up their minds today and change them again tomorrow, you are doomed to failure. If you are not sure which way to move, it is better to shut your eyes and move in the dark than to remain still and make no move at all. The world will forgive you if you make mistakes, but it will never forgive you if you make no decisions, because it will never hear of you outside of the community in which you live. No matter who you are or what may be your life work, you are playing checkers with time. It is always your next move. Move with quick decision, and time will favor you. Stand still, and time will wipe you off the board. You cannot always make the right move, but if you make enough moves, 
you may take advantage of the law of averages and pile up a creditable score before the great game of life is ended. That was indecision. It was an after-the-lesson visit with the author in The Law of Success. That's how the book ends. So now on to the subconscious mind and think and grow rich. This is just a short little chapter, kind of like that after the lesson visit. So let's get into it. The subconscious mind, the connecting link, the 11th step toward riches. The subconscious mind consists of a field of consciousness in which every impulsive thought that reaches the conscious mind through any of the five senses is classified and recorded, and from which thoughts may be recalled or withdrawn as letters may be taken from a filing cabinet. It receives and files sense impressions or thoughts regardless of their nature. You may voluntarily plant in your subconscious mind any plan, thought, or purpose which you desire to translate into its physical or monetary equivalent. The subconscious acts first on the dominating desires which have been mixed with emotional feeling, such as faith. Consider this in connection with the instructions given in the chapter on desire. For taking the six steps there outlined and the instructions given in the chapter on the building and execution of plans, you will understand the importance of the thought conveyed. The subconscious mind works day and night through a method of procedure unknown to man. The subconscious mind draws upon the forces of infinite intelligence for the power with which it voluntarily transmutes one's desires into the physical equivalent, making use always of the most practical media by which this end may be accomplished. You cannot entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can voluntarily hand over it any plan, desire, or purpose which you wish transformed into concrete form. Read again instructions for using this subconscious mind in the chapter on auto-suggestion. There is plenty of evidence to support the belief that, subconscious, that the subconscious mind is the connecting link between the finite mind and, of man and the infinite intelligence. It is the intermediary through which one may draw upon the forces of infinite intelligence at will. It alone contains the secret process by which mental impulses are modified and changed into their spiritual equivalent. It alone is the medium through which prayer may be transmitted to the source capable of answering prayer. How to energize your subconscious mind for creative effort. The possibilities of creative effort connected with the subconscious mind are stupendous and imponderable. They inspire one with awe. I never approach the discussion of the subconscious mind without feeling I never approach the discussion of the subconscious mind without a feeling of littleness and inferiority due perhaps to the fact that man's entire stock of knowledge on this subject is so pitifully limited. After you have accepted as a reality the existence of the subconscious mind and understand its possibilities as a medium for transmuting your desires into their physical or monetary equivalent, you will comprehend the full significance of the instructions given in the chapter on desire.
you will also understand why you have been repeatedly admonished to make your desires clear and to reduce them to writing. You will also understand the necessity of persistence in carrying out instructions. The 13 principles are the stimuli with which you acquire the ability to reach and to influence your subconscious mind. Do not become discouraged. If you cannot do this upon the first attempt, remember that the, that the subconscious mind may be voluntarily directed only through habit, under the directions given in the chapter on faith. You have not yet had time to master faith. Be patient. Be persistent. A good many statements in the chapters on faith and auto-suggestion will be repeated here for the benefit of the subconscious mind. Remember, your subconscious mind functions voluntarily, whether you make any effort to influence it or not. This naturally suggests to you that thoughts of fear and poverty and all negative thoughts serve as stimuli to the subconscious mind. Unless you master these impulses and give it more desirable food upon which it may feed, the subconscious mind will not remain idle. If you fail to plant desires in your subconscious mind, it will feed upon the thoughts with which reach it as a result of your neglect. We have already explained that thought impulses, both negative and positive, are reaching the subconscious mind continuously from the four sources which were mentioned in the chapter on sex transmutation. For the present, it is sufficient if you remember that you are living daily in the midst of all manner of thought impulses which are reaching your subconscious mind without your knowledge. Some of these impulses are negative, some are positive. You are now engaged in trying to help shut off the flow of negative impulses and to aid in voluntarily influencing your subconscious mind through positive impulses of desire. When you achieve this, you will possess the key which unlocks the door to your subconscious mind. Moreover, you will control that door so completely that no undesirable thought may influence your subconscious mind. Everything which man creates begins in the form of thought impulse. Man can create nothing which he does not first conceive in thought. Through the aid of the imagination, thought impulses may be assembled into plans. The imagination, when under control, may be used for the creation of plans or purposes that lead to the success in one's chosen occupation. All thought impulses intended for transmutation into their physical equivalent, voluntarily planted in the subconscious mind, must pass through the imagination and be mixed with faith. The mixing of faith with a plan or purpose intended for submission to the subconscious mind may be done only through the imagination. From these statements, you will readily observe that voluntary use of the subconscious mind calls for coordination and application of the principles. Make your positive emotions work for you. The subconscious mind is more susceptible to influence by impulses of thought mixed with feeling or emotion than by those originating solely in the reasoning portion of the mind. In fact, there is much evidence to support the theory that only emotionalized thoughts have any action influence upon the subconscious mind. It is a well-known fact that emotion or feeling rules the majority of people. If it is true that the subconscious mind responds more quickly to or is influenced more readily by thought impulses, which are well mixed with emotion, it is essential to become familiar with the more important of the emotions. 
there are seven major positive emotions and seven major negative emotions. The negative voluntarily inject themselves into your the thought impulses, which ensure passage into the subconscious mind. The positives must be injected through the principle of auto-suggestion into the thought impulses, which an individual wishes to pass on to his subconscious mind. Mind. Instructions have been given in the chapter on auto-suggestion. These emotions or feeling impulses may be likened to yeast in a loaf of bread because they constitute the action element which transforms thought impulses from the passive into active state. Thus may one understand why thought impulses which have been well mixed with emotion are acted upon more readily than thought impulses originating in cold reason. You are preparing yourself to influence and control the inner audience of your subconscious mind in order to hand over to it the desire for money, which you wish transmuted into its monetary equivalent. It is essential, therefore, that you understand the method of approach to this inner audience. You must speak its language or it will not heed your call. It understands best the language of emotion or feeling. Let us therefore describe here the seven major positive emotions and the seven major negative emotions so that you may draw upon the positives and avoid the negatives when giving instructions to your subconscious mind. The seven major positive emotions. The emotion of desire. The emotion of faith. The emotion of love. The emotion of sex. The emotion of enthusiasm. The emotion of romance. The emotion of hope. There are other positive emotions, but these are the seven most powerful, and the ones most commonly used in creative effort. Master these seven emotions, they can be mastered only by use, and the other positive emotions will be at your command when you need them. Remember in this connection that you are studying a book which is intended to help you develop a money consciousness by filling your mind with positive emotions the seven major negative emotions to be avoided. The emotion of fear, the emotion of jealousy, the emotion of hatred, the emotion of revenge, the emotion of greed, the emotion of superstition, the emotion of anger. Positive and negative emotions cannot occupy the mind at the same time. One of the other, one or the other must dominate. It is your responsibility to make sure that positive emotions constitute the dominating influence of the mind. Here the law of habit will come to your aid. Form the habit of applying and using the positive emotions. Eventually they will dominate your mind so completely that the negatives cannot enter it. Only by following these instructions literally and continuously can you gain control over your subconscious mind. The presence of a single negative in your subconscious mind is sufficient to destroy all chances of constructive aid from your subconscious mind. The secret of effective prayer. If you are an observing person, you must have noticed that most people resort to prayer only after everything else has failed, or else they pray by ritual of meaningless words. And because it is a fact that most people who pray do so only after everything else has failed, they go to prayer with their minds filled with doubt and fear, with fear and doubt. Which are the emotions the subconscious mind acts upon and passes on to infinite intelligence? 
Likewise, that is the emotion which infinite intelligence receives and acts upon. If you pray for a thing, but have fear as you pray that you may not receive it, or that your prayer will not be acted upon by infinite intelligence, your prayer will have been in vain. Prayer does sometimes result in the realization of that for which one prays. If you have ever been, if you have ever had the experience of receiving that for which you prayed, go back in your memory and recall your actual state of mind while you were praying, and you will know for sure that the theory here described is more than a theory. The method by which you may communicate with infinite intelligence is very similar to that which the vibration of sound is communicated by radio. If you understand the working principle of radio, you of course know that sound cannot be communicated until it has been changed into a rate of vibration which the human ear can detect. The radio sending station picks up the sound of the human voice and modifies it by stepping up the vibration millions of times. Only in this way can the energy of sound be communicated through space. After this transformation has taken place, the energy, which originally was in the form of vibrations of sound, is carried to radio receivers and these receiving sets reconvert that energy to its original rate of vibration so it's recognized as sound. The subconscious mind is the intermediary which translates one's prayers into terms which infinite intelligence can recognize presents the message and brings back the answer in the form of a definite plan or idea for procuring the object of the prayer. Understand this principle and you will know why mere words read from read from a prayer book cannot and will never serve as an agency of communication between the mind of man and infinite intelligence. That was the subconscious mind. Anybody can wish for wish for riches, and most people do, but only a few know that a definite plan, plus a burning desire for wealth, are the only dependable means of accumulating wealth. Thank you for another episode of the Law of Success Mastermind. Today we talked about decision and the subconscious mind indecision and the subconscious mind this week was okay so this week was build a positive mental attitude. And I've been struggling with it. And so then I went to build a positive mental attitude to the golden rule and then to the subconscious mind. I think we can all agree that we all need to work on having a more positive mental attitude. We all need it. We really do. 
I want you to... understand that each of us struggle with this. It's not just you. It's not just me. It's not the people in your life. It's all of us. We've all got to work harder. And I hope that that these podcasts help make an impact on your life. I understand I have a long way to go before I can really have the impact I want. And that's why this is my lifetime mission that I'm working on. And this is just part of it. This is part of me retaking control of my life. And breaking the negative habits. The negative thoughts and emotions. And changing them through new habits. Through auto-suggestion. Through the subconscious mind. So just listening to this is setting those things into motion in your own mind. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for another episode. Have a great night.